What up, what up, what up? Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, live from the quarantine zone, this is the Across the Intersection podcast. I got the whole crew and then some today, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but as always, you can get our podcast on our website, divemedia.co. That is divemedia.co. And the podcast can be ingested wherever podcasts are servilated. iTunes, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, all of the usual suspects. And you can get at us on the socials at This Is Dive Media. That is at This Is Dive Media. Facebook, Twitter, and the Grizzam. And I can be reached at Divinimus, D I V E N O M O U S. And I am at E to the V to the on Twitter. And I finally joined Instagram, but we'll talk about that later. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So Eve is on the gram, y'all. So when y'all see our post and, and you see this mysterious E to the V to the to the to the to the to anything change in the 2020 for A Sizzle? No? Okay. All right. Still no, still cans and stringing you, it. Still cans and stringing it. He just gave you the side eye when you mentioned that. I know. What about Tina? Oh, oh come uh, on. Look, you 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 jumping yeah, in. I gotta I gotta introduce. See, ladies and gentlemen, this is what I deal with here on this. You don't understand. I'm trying to do professional segues. I know she Eva got all this feminine energy. She's trying to bring exactly. my direction. Y'all remember these last two episodes. Eva has been bringing me so much smoke. I have been the voice of reason between these two for over two years and then you start talking about their best life and all of a sudden I get smoked but anyhow we we do have a special we have a special guest host today ladies and gentlemen y'all have heard her on on our show before Um, her and her husband have been on here a couple times and so she couldn't get enough of us, so we, she, you know, now she's a guest host, and so Eve is so excited to have some more feminine energy. So we have Miss Tina Clarice. Tina, say hello to the good peoples. Hello, hello, happy to be here. Yeah, so continuing the whole social media handle, Jill, you can find me at Tina Clarice on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, yeah. So we now we're at now our odds are a little bit higher. We were at sixty six percent social engineering. Now we're at seventy five percent. According to a Swiss year, we're seventy five percent social engineering here. We the <laughs> the probability is a little higher. So Tina's joined us, guys, and from time to time, Tina's going to be popping in. We don't know if it's going to be monthly, quarterly. We're all quarantined, so it's not like we got anywhere to go. Um, so Tina's going to be popping in from time to time and hanging out with us and talking about stuff and telling us how stupid we are and whatever else we're doing here and laughing while she does it. So you know, it's all in jest. <laughs> Um, so we're going to have a good conversation today. I think it's really cool. Um, so Tina, now that you have officially shifted from guest to jumping into the driver's seat, tell, tell the people a little bit about how you're going to be getting down with us on across the intersection. What intersections are you going to be crossing? Yeah, so very uh, happy to uh, be joining as a guest host. Uh, so um, I have a lot of different uh, life interests and, um, and topics that I like to address and talk about. I think that um, destiny, uh, identity, and ventures uh, are really uh, topics that um, I really like to focus on, uh, especially like identity. I've been on that quite a bit. Uh, and continue just to think about it. I think that uh, who we are, a lot stems from who we are. And I think it's so vital to really understand who we are, who we are in Christ, what our gifts are. Um, One of the uh, more recent blogs that I wrote about was just, uh, you know, kind of focusing on, uh, even in this COVID uh, type of environment, 
like who are you really adversity doesn't really change who you are it's more of a revealer right like so the one scripture passage that talks about you know if you faint in the day of adversity your strength is small um so i think it's just really important to understand who you are i think it drives what we do so um those are um i think uh, destiny identity uh and what we pursue in life really uh, not to make it cliche, you know, back to my book, but really being about our father's business. I think like that's that's my sole focus and whatever we're doing, you know, it's uh, I, I like to read. I like to play soccer. I like to do a lot of things. People have so many different interests and, uh, you know, but all of that should tie back to who you are and, you know, what your life purpose is. So, but we still think- heard the plug. I was yeah, going to say, yeah. listen, now that, now that you're a guest yeah, host, no more of these plugs. In, OK, you know, only you know. we only allow guests <laughs> to plug this stuff. All right. <laughs> now that you're in the driver's seat, all that stuff has to stop. Once I'm on the mic, you know. <laughs> yeah, so so that's that's my slant. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So for those of you listening, so we we're we're doing our uh, we've been doing our episodes on Zoom since the uh, quarantine zone has started. And uh, so if, if if something pop off, if you hear some weird sounds, that means we 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 just got Zoom bombed. It's been <laughs> it's been Zoom bombers going out. I don't know if you guys have been you know reading the news or seeing what's going on. I know I've been yeah, ingesting people, people hacking in, showing pictures of their naked animals. There it is. <laughs> you got to get that joke in there again. There it is. Well, speaking of technology, I just wanted to bring something up that I noticed. <laughs> he laughs at it the second time. Too. <laughs> well, it's funny, you know. It's funny. Oh man, you know, naked dogs and naked cats walking around. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, but one thing that I noticed is that everybody's using Zoom and what about Skype and what about other technologies that predated Zoom? What is it that caused Zoom? I need you to, uh, you might want to, you know, talk a little bit further about this, but what is it that Zoom has been doing so well that they came after so many, well, a few different organizations that have been doing the video conferencing, but now they seem to be exceeding them or at least exceeding them in growth. Uh, well, uh, I think there's a lot to be said about, um, popularity and ease of use. Like Zoom was already kind of popular and used in, um, a lot of remote capacities. Uh, I've used it for, uh, for years, but one of the things that I like about Zoom and it, there are other softwares aside from Zoom, uh, there's like a peer in, um, there are different things, but, uh, what made Zoom for me anyway, uh, easy was the fact that I could send out and share a link very quickly and then it was some kind of stable fairly stable video experience where um, you don't quite get that with a lot of the more mainstream uh, popular free choices even though zoom is, it has a free tier it cuts off or it is it's said to cut off at 40 minutes but I, I think they just say that uh, sometimes it does sometimes it doesn't but um, something like a Google Hangout or like a Skype, a lot of those things, a lot of those softwares, unfortunately, mean well, but uh, I would say that the way in which they're positioned in the marketplace is very cluttered because Google, for example, was they were pushing Google Hangouts for a long time and then they had switched up to Google Meet and it was like, you got got Hangouts and you got Meet, you don't know which is which, the experience is different in the browser versus on the phone and it's just very compartmentalized and then skype is they have their own set of problems because skype was bought by microsoft and it's like you use your microsoft id who uses a microsoft id 
to use the other ID, Skype for business, Skype regular, like Skype for Mac. It was it was a lot of different. It was very fragmented. It wasn't like this cohesive experience where Zoom is just zoom.us and then you can share you just share a link and everybody's in there. No doubt. Um, I actually saw um, one of the business folks that was interviewed on um, CNBC this past week. They tweeted out that um, <clears throat> Hangouts and Skype gave up a three-to-one lead <laughs> to Zoom. <laughs> they, like exactly. they gave up a three-to-one exactly. series lead to Zoom in the finals here because yeah. the the stock of Zoom has just been skyrocketing in the last but two weeks. I, a lot of that stuff is like I think ha- uh, is 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 happenstance as well. Um, I think. You have to like it's just it's a lot of um. It, it, I, I mean I don't know I can't say I can't say I know how it was seated per se, but I do think that it's kind of one of those things where it just kind of hit it kind of hit popularity where it's like you know regular people when they talk when they say Zoom it almost feels like they feel somewhat like they're cutting edge. You know, even though Zoom is not really all that cutting edge, like it was good when we was using it, but now it's like people doing shred yoga and, and stuff, and it's just kind of like, yeah, that's the kind of thing that's pushing it over. It's just like bait things doing people doing basic stuff, right? You know, you know. So, and then Zoom has a lot of vulnerabilities. So, um, you know, even though my, even though those other companies quote unquote gave up a three one lead, doesn't necessarily mean that Zoom. Uh, is going to be any better in the long run because Zoom has a lot of weaknesses. So that other other software or other video conferencing uh, software is trying to trying to uh, um, um, f- uh, uh, use to their advantage. So anyway, yeah. So all right. So anyway, <clears throat> let's shift off of Zoom bombing. How about we do that? How about we do that? This is one of those cliffs that we fall off of sometime even. Uh, so gravy. Tina, so. What's um, good? Here we go. So let's, but one of the things that I actually am seeing um, people try to replicate online, and this is what we want to talk a little bit about today. One of the things that I'm actually trying to see people replicate online, <clears throat> and I'm not sure if it can be fully realized, is to foster community. You know, I've been seeing, I mean, and people are doing the the best with what they have. You know, obviously, you know, if you have to be quarantined, especially in the states in the nation that are being very aggressive um, with enforcement, like the states in the DMV <clears throat> and like, you know, NYC areas and a lot of the major cities, Chicago and L.A., a lot of those states that, that house some of the major um, urban areas in the nation are being pretty aggressive with their um, stay at home orders. People are trying to do other things to continue to quote unquote. I'm using my air quotes for those of you who can't see me, which is everybody. Your um, quadruple apostrophes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, is for, try to continue to have some semblance of community um, while they're being quarantined. So that they're trying to replicate that online. And you know, for me, <laughs> one of the things that 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 I see and. You you want to because like you see people like doing church service online and like yep, what yep, like and yep. like what what A was talking about trying to have like yoga sessions online just all type of stuff you just try, I mean they're they're trying to replicate it online and I understand the sentiment I do because they still want to I mean because human beings are you know we're, we're meant to be around one another we're meant to be in community with each other 
Um, but I, I think what situations like this do, rather than show our need to continue to communicate, it shows the lack of true community that was actually taking place before this quarantine. Facts. And see, see, there's the smoke. See, Tina, see, there's the smoke right there. Look at that. I never got Come that on, face man. back in 2019. That's the 2020 face right there. <laughs> no, no, this face, this face just means you gave me something to think about. Okay. Because I, I can't tell know, anymore. I, I swear, I can't tell anymore. Yeah, at some point, you'll be able to tell. You know, you know me for two decades. But anyway, um, yeah, it's. I just want to know in what way does it sort of pull the curtain back on a lack of community that might have existed? Nice. Oh, that's a really good. That's a really good point. And now I just told Tina that she can't plug, but I'm going to plug something really quick just to kind of answer your question. Um, <clears throat> because one of the things that that I've been seeing in particularly, and th this is not the direction we want to go, but this is just an example to answer your question, Eve. Um, we've seen like churches do online streaming forever. I mean, that's not anything new, right? Um, but I don't know about in other areas, but I know around here. Um, there have been a couple of churches doing like drive-through. I don't know if you guys have seen the articles. I'm like, sorry, what? Yeah, yeah, bro. You you heard me correct. Drive-through church. You heard me correct. They would bring the sound system outside, and like the preacher would be preaching, and like certain number of cars would drive into the parking lot, hear it, and drive away. And then the next set, y'all can't see these faces. <laughs> go go I Google it. Google it. I'm, it. Tina, have you seen it? You've seen it, right? I have not. I oh have yeah, not. I'm no. serious. Wow. Out of here. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. Drive per pew. Drive you know. through church. Just Google. Wow. Just Google. Yeah. Or whatever yeah. certain wow. you want to bing it, go bing it, whatever you need to do. So then they, how do they do the Pentecostal shuffle when they get happy? <laughs> they just shake Whoa. the car. You you have to have hydraulics in your car to do it. So you oh, okay, okay. <laughs> you know. But anyway. <laughs> That, see, now that's one I was saving for this week in wow. the news and we kind of jumped a little early. But anyway, Damn. <laughs> I've, been seeing, I've been seeing a lot of things like that. And so my, my, my point in making that was wow. rather than ridicule, because it, it's very easy to do that. That's low-hanging fruit. Okay, and, you know, okay, okay. What I did was I was, really, I was really grieved. And so what I did was I decided, I decided to start a new uh, little venture. It's going to be called A Father's Perspective. And so it'll be airing on YouTube, folks. It'll be ATI Presents a Father's Perspective, um, where I'm just going to be talking to different men and different fathers and asking them how they have been stewarding their families um, mm. in, in this time. Because, you know, yes. you, they sh you know, people should be able to hold themselves over for a couple of weeks without that church fix, right? You should be mm. able to continue to foster the things in which God has been doing in your own personal life and in the life of your families or if you're just married without children, whatever it is, you should be able to hold yourself over for, you know, two weeks or four weeks or six weeks or whatever it is. And so to answer your question directly, this is a way in which I feel like God is pulling back the veil saying, yo, y'all haven't really been doing what y'all been saying. Y'all been doing all these, you know, so let, let, let me just pull off a layer. Just you see, I mean, it, it, it's not like it's been six years without church. We're talking about a couple of weeks with no church and we like it just be calling me, man. You know, we we scratching the sides of our necks and, you know, I'm like, so that's that's one way I would say that um, we're being exposed to a certain degree. We're, we're, we're being exposed to a certain degree to say, hey, um, what we've been calling community over the last, you know, insert 
um, number of weeks, months, years, um, what we've been calling it. Uh, it. It actually has not been that. And these times of difficulty and stress, I think are exposing that to a little bit. So what I did was I went to dictionary.com. Shout out to dictionary.com because every once in a while when people get reckless on Twitter, they will bring smoke. I don't know if y'all follow dictionary.com on Twitter, but oh, oh, no, oh yeah, I know about use, that. yeah, use use a word like they normally go after the blue checks. But if you use a word out of context, dictionary.com will bring smoke and they will be like, oh. yeah, you know, that word means this. They will. They're going to be my best friend. Yeah. Then. Go to okay. go to Twitter. So I, that's a follow. I would encourage you all to go follow dictionary.com on Twitter. They're like Wendy's. You know how Wendy's bring smoke? Dictionary.com will, will bring smoke. Um, <clears throat> y'all don't want Tina don't want y'all to hear her laughing online. That's why she's muted right now. She's dying at my jokes. <laughs> I am killing right now. Anyway, you're on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I went to dictionary.com and just looked up the word community. And let's just, you know, bounce this around for a little bit. Um, uh, so I'm, I'm not going to look at all the definitions because there's like six of them. But let's look at the, the first couple. So the first one is a social group of any size whose members may reside in a specific locality, share government and often have a common cultural or historical heritage. I thought was really good. Um, and here's another one, a social, religious, occupational or other group sharing common characteristics or interests and perceived or, or perceiving itself as distinct in some respect from the larger society within which it exists, which I thought was a really good definition. Um, and then I'll, I'll read one more. A common, I mean, a group, excuse me, a group of associated nations sharing a common interest or common heritage. So those are some of the main definitions of the word community. So when you guys hear community or the concept of community, what what sort of things come to your mind? What do you think about? And so we're going to let the, our, our new guest host jump in first. Tina, what what do you hear? You know, what do you hear in your heart when you think of the word community? Yeah, so I think um, even in the definitions that you read out, uh, the the prefix, and I don't know what the, the prefix means, but just like common and community, right? Like in there. And, um, you know, so I do think of things in common, you know, shared, uh, shared interests, shared values, shared beliefs. Um, and I, I think that we can have a lot of different communities that we're plugged into, right? Like, because there's so many uh, aspects of each person. Um, so, you know, I can have a church community, I can have a sports community, um, you know, just based upon uh, just uh, kind of who I am. I don't know that there's just one community that could fully, you know, satisfy, I guess, um, uh, any one person, right? Like, I, I think that we all um, probably have various communities that uh, we would need um, in our lives. Uh, to really kind of uh, bring the pieces together um, for for all of who we are in terms of um, inspiring us in different ways. So, yeah, I, I think it is that commonality, um, but I, I think that it's also possible to belong to uh, several different communities. And I want to juxtapose that against what a lot of those of us who came into Christianity experienced, because for those of us uh, in some of the communities that I'm a part of who came into Christianity, at 18 or at 20 or at some young age, the older people in those uh, Christian circles wanted to make sure that we didn't get caught up in the world. Right. And in some of those communities, they, they decreased the likelihood of us having other circles 
Right. Um, so you have church. So, so what you find out after time goes by is that your social community is your church and that's it. Yeah. And I think that's dangerous from a spiritual perspective because you're only getting one angle and you're only exposing yourself to people who think like you. So it's a spiritual echo, echo chamber. But then there are other interests that you have, you know, but it's just that in some communities, if you have an artistic interest um, and then you go out, you know, to an event related to that and there's alcohol or there are people who have different ideas about sexuality or different ideas about whatever, then in your own church community, they look at you and say, what are you doing over there? You know, or, you know, you're part of a sports community and you know, people uh, there, you might date somebody in that community. It's like, oh, that person's not a believer. You know, so I'm saying all of this to say uh, it's actually important to do what Tina is talking about, which is to know who you are. And I know Avery's giving me that, the, the gas face, but we, God did not create us as two-dimensional, <laughs> as two-dimensional beings. You know, we have varied interests and let your light shine in those, in those other circles benefit from those other circles but i think it's actually dangerous to only have one community and then that's it and um if you don't have a network outside of that then you're kind of you know you, you end up not benefiting from the fullness of life yeah i think the one one thing i called out was the the common um piece you know like in community that there's common interests and things like that but i also think about the story of the good samaritan right and and in that context there there wasn't just kind of the question of like who is my neighbor right so when you start thinking about community a part of your definition you know also included like a common geography or location right so even christ had um to address that uh, question of you know who is my neighbor and i think that's a valid question here uh, the, the Good Samaritan who stopped was probably the one that had the least amount in common, right, uh, with with the individual that was on the side of the no road. Doubt, and no yet, uh, right, you know, it's like just the, the way in which uh, he showed compassion and care and concern. The commonality was the fact that we are both human, you know, and sometimes, you know, we, we hear that... Um, uh, you know, come up from like a, you know, from a race perspective, like, you know, um, it's the human race, right? So uh, when when there's nothing else in common, the fact is that we are all human beings. Uh, we, you know, um, we do have things in common, even with those that we don't think we have much in common with. Uh, at the most baseline level, we are human. And, and I think that sometimes like that's what we need to respond to, uh, even in context of our notions of neighbor uh, and community. Hey, Swish? Yeah, oh. yeah. <clears throat> well, my view, uh, my view is, uh, about community is uh, I, I agree a bit with some of the breakdown of what Tina was saying as far as the word. Um, the word contains common, but really it's a combination, if you really think about it, of uh, common and unity. And or, or community is like a portmanteau or a conflation of common unity of those you have a common unity with. And, um, but in light of, in light of, uh, in light of how I see it spiritually, uh, my community is, uh, is the, uh, my most closest circle, my most closest circle that I can confide in. It's not like, um, uh, anything that I carry a membership card to or register for, um, or say that I am, 
to say that I am or get counted as uh, for whatever uh, whatever earthly reasons or um, um, reasons that uh, warrant or carry metrics along with it, save for like maybe blood, family, and relatives. But um, that's what I see uh, community as uh, for me. And so um, does that answer your question, Amadi? No doubt. No, I just wanted to hear what, what, what you guys' thoughts were when we think about community. Because a lot of times, one of the things that, that I have found over mm-hmm. the years, and I appreciate Tina bringing up you know other circles and other groups where we can have that common unity um, with, with other people. Because a lot of times, people will say things that they don't genuinely believe. Um, but they say it just to fit in or they say it just to, you know, not want to rock the boat. And so, I mean, even when you hear things like the black community or the this community, you know, I can recall one time watching um, the the show. Uh, what's the one? Stephen A. Smith on um, ESPN. First take. White Franklin. Oh, OK. No, no. First take. This was um, when when they had recently when they when they had just recently made the switch from Skip to Max. Yeah. Yeah. And so Max Kellerman native new yorker is on the show and Stephen a goes on a rant like he like he's you know prone to do and then he makes this statement he says well you know like the jewish community does blah 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 and so max says what jewish community like max is jewish he was like what are you talking about like what jewish community what where is this jewish community that gets together and does these things and i thought it was very profound because i'm like People say that stuff. People say things like that all the time. And so to just see him call out Stephen A for making such a, you know, arbitrary statement like that, like it's like, you know, like it's factual, like it's the truth. Like when we say, oh, the black community or the this community, it's like, well, just because people may be from a place or look similar, they may not necessarily be in a community. They just happen to be like, I like the way Dr. Claude Anderson sort of um, distinguishes the two. He says that a lot of people, and he, he he's using the, the term to make a point. He says, but some of y'all just live in neighborhoods. Y'all ain't really in community. Y'all That's just in neighborhood, you know. You just kind of be, you're, you're just kind of around similar people, but you guys are not in a community. And so I just, and worse, you know, go ahead. And worse than that, some of you live in hoods because there are no neighbors. Nobody's being neighborly. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. So um, I want to, so this idea about community and um, how uh, the, this um, plague is uh, revealing certain weaknesses that um, one could. You just could, say plague? I did. Yeah. One could see all along if they had the eyes to see. Um, you could you could really see the deficiencies that existed in this dinosaur um, that was referred to as the institutional church. Um, the way in which that many people have gone about um, um, productizing uh, the the revelation of uh, Jesus Christ has been quite uh, deleterious and shameful for eons. Need you to go and back because uh, y'all, I don't know. Y'all the like word. that? He, know, he used about four. There's about four dictionary.com words in there. Go ahead. Deleterious? <laughs> yeah, Dr. Dyson, I, I really just know, no, I need to know what that, that specific word is. Don't do that. Oh. Don't do that. Don't do Dr. That. Dyson, will you teach us, brother? Yeah. Teach us. Well, yeah. Uh, nah, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. I'm not no Dr. Dyson. 
Uh-uh. Oh, uh-uh. Dr. Dyson was caught up with Andrew Gillum. I'm good on that. Stop that. Stop, stop that, man. <laughs> when he with a Dyson that night, I'm cool. Oh, Lordy. I'm cool on that. I think he was with a Dyson vacuum cleaner. He wasn't with, doc. he yeah. wasn't with the doctor. Deleterious? Yeah. That, 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 that just means Bring it ne- back. Ne- negative. Uh, negative or um, deconstructive, destructive. Uh, so it, it's been quite destructive because... And uh, I've been <laughs> honking my horn about this for many, many years. Gosh, 13 years now, since 2007, I've been talking about how there's a difference between the church of the Bible and the term church that gets tossed around uh, 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 these days. And there's a difference between, again, the building, the, uh, the, the, the business entity that's recognized by the state, and by the federal government that we then pay taxes to, if you get it recognized, and then the Church of the Bible, um, there's a complete and stark difference. And the Church of the Bible, for it, it is very much the body of Christ or the body of believers or the saints, and it's not incorporated. Um, there, 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 there is no bank accounts associated and it's registered. Not- there are no taxes. I'm about to file some papers next no, month, there are no taxes. There's, there, there are none of those things. There is a form of organization. That form of organization starts with the family, and then it springs out. But Good when, stuff. but when that, but when that is not recognized, when, when, uh, when the church that term gets taken and it gets used for all these different things, and some of these things are meant well. There's a long. There's a long and cumbersome history behind it i mean if you go back to the history of the quote unquote black church um be it as biblical or unbiblical it was really um the only occupation that a lot of black people or black men could have um throughout the 17 and 18 and 1900s whereas black women had more opportunities because they were seen as less of a threat and um so there's a there's a there's a long and sordid history, but that be that as it may, when it comes to growing, when it comes to growing in the faith, we have to we have to we have to get past looking at the backs of people's necks. So let's um, let's that, let's yeah. get a little Bible here. Let's let's get a little Bible. Um because I, I think that that's a very good point. And <laughs> you know, I think that that's a point that is actually symptomatic of not just believers because I, I one of the podcasts that I've been listening to a lot recently, I don't know if anybody else does, it's called um, All the Smoke with Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson. Um, they're, they're two former NBA players and they've been given like kind of the behind the scenes look at the NBA and, you know, from their perspective, not like traditional. Two, yeah. two former NBA role players. Let's, let's well, get two that. NBA gotta, role players, correct? Yeah. But you know, one of the things I like about it is that they and they they call it all the smoke. And when I started yeah. listening to it, I remember they both said a similar statement in the past when they had some smoke with another player. I remember years ago. You remember when um, Stephen Jackson got into it with Steve Francis in that club, and he like choked him out. You remember that? Yeah. And Steve and Stephen Jackson said, "Listen, people think just because we all in the NBA, we all cool." He's like, "We ain't all cool just because we all basketball players." And he's like, "I don't know if Steve Francis like that." And then I remember Matt Barnes going to find Derek Fisher to bring that smoke because Derek Fisher was apparently talking to his ex-wife, and he said something to the same effect, like, "Just because Glory we all bas- thank you." Just because we all in the NBA again, people think we all cool. He's like, nah, we, we're not all cool. And so I think that that what 
the the point that you would just make a is, is symptomatic of many many quote unquote communities that people are saying are communities when really they're just again neighborhoods. So to get a little Bible here, um, I just want to read a few verses. And um, by the way, if I just go ahead, I Eve. just have to interrupt you though because I just you interrupt in the Bible? Back. Are you kidding me? No, I'm just. Uh, kidding. Go ahead, I'm kidding. I just want to take it back to Stephen A. Because you know I have uh, something complimentary to say, but also a critique because. When it comes to his idea of community, based on what you had used in your um, example earlier, it, it makes sense. On the one hand, it makes sense that he would think that there is a Jewish community. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when, when you look at the results, that's the thing. You know, he's looking at evidence or what he considers to be evidence. He's not just saying there's a Jewish community at random or in a vacuum. He sees certain things that that particular group of people who are extremely small uh, compared to the American population have been able to accomplish. So it's a little uh, disingenuous for his co-host to come back to him and say what Jewish community without acknowledging that there's something that Stephen A. was looking at in certain commonalities and certain ways that money is moved and certain things, certain ways about the way business is being done that would cause him to say, even if he's incorrect, that there is a Jewish community. Well, yeah, it was it was it was um, Max deflecting, but I don't think that that takes away from what Amadi was uh, the point Amadi was trying to trying to make for sure. I understand what you're saying, Eva. He was lying, um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I get I get I get the I get the reason why AJ used that as a you know as a backdrop. To but me me bringing that up is just to point the distinction between um, perceived community and the fact that some people seem to be a part of a community because you see results from what seems to be a coalescence of their efforts. You know, you see, (laughs) again, it appears to be, you know, um, African-Americans tend to err on the side of, of, um, you know, conspiracy theory, mainly because it's been used so much against us that it's difficult to make those separations. So, you know, these ideas don't just come up in a vo- in a vacuum on the other hand Stephen a is too in- Stephen a is too intelligent to just regurgitate something that's always and already been said well yeah wait what you know the idea that there's Stephen a, a Jewish intelligent threw you off is that what the, the idea <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think he's intelligent i do think he's intelligent because <laughs> i was um, waiting for her to explain this she was like uh, then she i don't know you said something that kind of confused me but yeah you know I, I i just think that he should be able to not just repeat and regurgitate what people say when they say everybody seems to have community except for us as black people but um but my point is is that you know he's making a juxtaposition between what he considers the black community and some of the problems that we have in terms of unity and when he looks at the korean community or the jewish community he kazarian sees jewish results. kazarian kazarian ashkenazi jewish but, but but no but they are still jewish uh people you know I, i'm not going to take that away i think the people who are truly the descendants of the israelites are not jewish people and so that, that'll you. take us off to another another a whole uh, nother rabbit hole which is what we here for anyway yeah, but but i guess like but before and i know we're segueing but how how much do you have to have in common and how much unity do you have to have in terms of like constituting community i mean i don't think that that should mean that you is like it's completely homogenous in thought yeah. 
in beliefs, et cetera. I mean, I think that's the challenge when you start putting a circle around, even like the black community. Does that mean we all have to think the same way? Do we have to vote the same way? Do we have to, uh, you know, have all the same values? Like how much in common do you have to have before your hood was the neighborhood? I mean, this is where I would draw the line. Where I would draw the line is to say, this this will be quick, Avery. Where I'll draw the line is to say, no, we don't have to be a bunch of clones, 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 attack of the clones. However, to be a community, you need to see some kind of re- result. You need to be going in a direction. You know, it can't just be a whole bunch of confusion sitting there. Yes, yes. And I mean, I didn't realize this was turning into a black community conversation. I didn't know that that's where AJ was trying to go. However, hey, hey listen, you know, listen, listen brother, listen, the- listen. Sometimes y'all jokers jump in the driver's seat and I push me into shotgun and I'm kind of like, I'm here for the ride now. How, however, however, that is that's the reason why um, we go into so many circles because um, you can't have a community, like a community is always something or rather a uh, culture is something that is always is based on things in which that um, are intergenerational and get passed down. Um, and it's, it's behavioral um, and it's about a common belief, not necessarily an outer appearance and outer appearance is a, it can, it, it is usually uh, uh, a decorative, a decorated, a decorated, a decorated, Decorative decoration. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's decoration. Exactly. See what happens when you go to when you read that Michael Eric Dyson handbook, brother. You see what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, right? Yeah. And the philanthropy of the colonoscopy (laughs) seems to always want to get the pumps and the bump off of the Stanley, or as you all know him, MC Hammer. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. But no. What I what we. We can't unify off the skin color. Like, that's why we keep running into these. That's why people, I say people, I say we, but people run into these these circles because they try to unify based off of skin color. But you're talking about like a majority of the world has the same doggone shade. Right. Like, it's got to be something more that you agree uh, with because you have, again, the Hamites and the Shemites war yes. against each other and they look exactly the same. Yeah. To the point where you could not tell who was who. But can people unite on bloodline? Because that's what you've been doing, what you've been talking about recently, Avery. Well, that it's it's about bloodline and not about melanin. Well, so. yeah, bloodline. The bloodline is imp- right. I mean, that's that's how, that's really how historically uh, um, communities or families are identified. And I mean, that's literally how humans <laughs> work and reproduce is off of bloodline. So let's and, so let's 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 shift because but, you're you're, okay, you're right. Yeah. I think in in antiquity that was the case, and I think one of the things that Christ does is actually shake up that paradigm. He um, does, and so you know there, there are actually two passages of scripture that I want to read because I think to Tina's point, what we need to aim for is unity as opposed to uniformity. I think people try to you know aim for uniformity, and I think that's impossible. Um, you know, God doesn't even make people uniform. You know, we're, we're all different. Um, even siblings in a family will be starkly different. You know, even identical twins are not truly identical. You know what I mean? Because there will be tweaks in their personality, in their nature, and so on and so forth. So in, in um, Acts chapter 2, I think one of the ways that would be very helpful is for people to look at the ways in which um, the church itself unified, right? 
Um, so in Acts chapter 2, a lot of people pay attention to the Holy Spirit falling, and that's great. The Holy Spirit falls in an upper room and a whole bunch of tongues, and that's how you get into silly doctrinal debates. But when you read further down in the chapter, you actually see what began to take place in the life of the early believers. Um, verse 42 it says that they were devoting themselves. I'm reading the New English translation because I'm new and I read English. Um, they were devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to breaking of bread and to prayer. Um, all came over everyone and many wonders and miraculous signs came about by the apostles. All who believed were together and held everything in common and they began selling their property and possessions and distributing the proceeds to everyone as anyone had need every day they continued to gather together by common consent in the temple courts breaking bread from house to house sharing their food with glad and humble hearts praising god and having goodwill with all people and the lord began to add to their numbers every day that those who were being saved and so i think that one of the things that we need to realize is that we can be unified without being uniform there's actually another scripture i'm not gonna read the whole thing but it's in first peter 2 um, where Peter actually says, we were not a people, but now we are God's people. So he acknowledges the fact that, yo, know, we came from different backgrounds, whether it's ethnicity, uh, geographic, any, you know, anything that you could use to separate yourselves. Peter's acknowledging those things like we were not a people. There was a time when I wouldn't have messed with y'all. He even told that to the centurion. Like there was a time I wouldn't mess with people like you. But now we are God's people. And so I think that one of the things that, you know, this situation is exposing, again, going back to the original point, like it's exposing on many different levels. This is not just to uh, pinpoint it in any sort of religious community, but in many different communities. I think what's being exposed is, hey, you aren't really in a community. You're in a neighborhood. You're just kind of around people. And what you should be trying to build is a community of people who are unified, not necessarily uniform, because you all can be different and be specific in the way in which you were created, but you can be unified around a particular thing, right? Whether it's good or bad. I mean, the, the Tower of Babel shows us people who were unified around, a, around something that was wild and crazy, right? And God himself had to come down and, and sort of bring the smoke, but, you know, both figuratively and literally. Um, but we have the capacity within us to be unified around a particular point or focus or a goal, and we should work towards that, right? For these people in the book of Acts, it was the fact that the Holy Spirit fell and sort of broke down some of those barriers, and they began to work towards being becoming unified, and that's how God was able to add to their numbers. So, I don't know, I think if we try to jump to the end without the beginning part, it, it's harder, you know, so selling well, their possessions and doing that stuff you ain't giving up your possessions for nobody you're not unified with well i want to also throw throw this out there to make it to boil it down even more and that community is the the people or persons that you spend time with when life is born yeah yep i would when agree with life that Life is boring yes when ain't nothing going on when ain't it, nothing going on because think about like it how would how seeing. would you feel if somebody called you that you don't really mess with but then when all hell breaks loose they're like, hey, uh, hey, how you doing? Can I get a... Uh, you're like, oh, I don't really mess with you like that. Why are you calling me? You yeah. know what I mean? What, what, you, what you all are saying speaks to what's happening now. Now that we are on lockdown, we should think about who we have been uh, interacting with, whose calls we are ha we're happy to pick up, 
and whose calls were saying, okay, eh, you know, and it, who, who, another thing is who has the liberty to go on duo, right? And just, and just video call you not knowing you might be in bed. You know, you, you don't know when, where the person is when you're, when you're well, um, call, video calling them. So who in your life has that liberty where no matter what you're doing, you'll still pick up a video call. So in that, like, and, and in my view, mathematically, the, the number gets smaller, the circle gets smaller. Definitely. I, I would also say that community, I would say that cultures form in times of trauma, times of distress and times where your options are limited. When your options are limited and you are forced to then deal with certain people. So like right now, right? Like yesterday I was coming back from picking some stuff up and like, it was like my neighbor is sitting outside on their balcony and like we're waving and I ain't see one person, you know, I see the neighbor across the hall. I haven't seen this person in like a year <laughs> and she's sitting there. She waves to me. I wave to her. Somebody else is like coming out, walking their dog. They wave to me. I wave to them. And it's like, these are people that if we weren't on lockdown, if we weren't on house arrest, yep. we would just be uh, um, uh, operating independently. But because of the common trauma or the or, or, or our um, our uh, geographic location is 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 confined, then we now are um to a degree, to a degree forced. We'll talk about the authenticity heavily, of that. Heavily incentivized to to communicate. Well, um, I mean authenticity is, is, is that that is there's there's debate. You can you can see that either way, right? Like you can see, okay, well, um these people aren't really my friends. Uh, but who really is your friend? Because many of our friends when we first when we, when we grow up are our friends due to our circumstances and our common experiences. It is when we- or things like that. Yeah, it's when we then go into the workforce, many of us go into the workforce that our social circles get smaller. Our work in many many occasions, if we went to college, we, we opted for these environments. We opted, we chose to be in these environments and then our circles get smaller and then we turn around and you know we have difficulty connecting with people. And so um, it really kind of depends on, on how you look at it. But I would say with this plague that's going on, that it's really forcing like you can't you can't the veil the veil of training people to go to this particular place and then separating the sacred and the secular is being is being torn and it's like it can't be you can't fake it anymore good stuff you can't fake it because you need to be like like people we're going to have to learn how to develop these tools, the, the ability to communicate, the ability to be vulnerable with my neighbor, the ability, the ability to be more transparent with somebody on the other end of the call. We're going to have to develop these skills or else we're going to continue to suffer, suffer in silence because there is no, there's no, there's no, the, the distractions are cut down now. The, the, the distractions are cut down. You got so many people who, um, I mean, you thought people was dealing with solitude and silence before. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if some people are going to lay themselves out, you know, and the numbers are going to continue to go up as far as people taking their lives. Um, people have are, are, have great difficulty, have great difficulty connecting with other people. And now is really the opportunity. Now is the time where the it's like people are going to be exposed. What's in Tina said some earlier is like, you know, uh, I think Tina said it. It's like 
Yeah, the, adversity reveals. Yeah, 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 adversity reveals, you know, like like what's already inside us before the things took place, before the before the adversity comes. So those who have it in them to make to 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 be able to to grow during these times are gonna grow more. And those who don't have it in them, even the small thing that they have is gonna be taken away. So, you know. Yeah, what I think is interesting is, um, you know, like before uh, all of this, you know, quarantine and, and, um, and, you know, COVID type of season, you know, a lot was being said about, you know, get, get offline, get offline, right? Like leave the technology behind, you need mm-hmm. to be out in person and, you know, socializing and, and a lot of studies were making it seem like we weren't out and about, we weren't interacting in person we were plugged in too much and you know i just find it interesting to you know observe now that it's just like oh you know we know that you're struggling because you have to stay in you know it's just like but i thought the studies were saying we were already doing that a whole lot you know so it's just it's just interesting to me to kind of hear um you know like the the challenges being brought out from a mental health perspective you know, regarding uh, this season and people not being able to interact in person because it just seemed like so much attention was being paid to the fact that we weren't doing that enough. We weren't flying enough. We weren't, you know, out and about interacting enough. And so I feel like this kind of points out, you know, while we might still be relying on technology a little too much, we were still out we were still connecting in person we were still you know at the restaurants we were still you know at the theme parks and we were socializing and you know maybe we weren't uh engaging each other enough maybe that was more of the point you know where we weren't you know smiling and saying hi maybe you know we just had our, our noses in our phone when we were out and about so we were out and about but we weren't really connecting you know so i i just i think some of those things are curious i haven't completed my thoughts on them but um I, I do think it's interesting about, you know, you know, even if we are able to, and maybe Avery, this is your point, you were out and about, but like your neighbors might not have been so inclined to, to say hello. Right. Yeah, um, or me with them. Right. Yeah. But, but this kind of environment now, like when we do go out, you know, maybe this will be something that change changes, you know, in the, in the future, maybe, you know, maybe, uh, you know, realizing that, you know, uh, human connection and conversation when we are, you know, out and amongst each other is important, you know, and, and something not to be taken for granted. Um, just just some thoughts. Yeah. Or at, least, or at least we do it until a brother start coughing. You know, we go out and, <laughs> but hey, brother, I'm going to check you online. I, I, I'll six check feet, you later. Yeah. yeah, it was it, it, it was wild. I had to do an inspection for uh, for work and when I got off the elevator, one of the gentlemen I was waiting for, this is last week, I, I had to go into work once last week, and um, I got off the elevator and, and instinctively reached my hand out to shake his hand, just not even thinking. I said, oh, hey, what's up, man, how you doing? And he was just like, hey, bro, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I was like, oh, my bad, my bad. I just, you know, we did a little elbow. I was like, six feet, bro, six feet. <laughs> so you, yeah, you, you, you don't realize you know, how, how many things we were actually doing in terms of social interaction. You, you gave I mean, him that Wuhan dap. <laughs> you know what? You better plug that. You you better patent. I mean, hashtag you know, Wuhan dap, that term. Yeah, bro. Hashtag <laughs> Wuhan salute. <laughs> but that is a noteworthy thing that will be interesting to to find out when all of this is done. I know A doesn't believe that that anything will go back to normal. However, if it does, it will be really 
intriguing to see if as a society we really do just kind of go back or if everybody sees that time as oh man i really need to get more connected with my neighbors i need to um, make sure that i have my escape hatch regarding this system i need to you know make sure Mm -mm. you know but human nature seems to be well, let's go the path of least resistance. Everything is okay. We'll go back to normal. There you go. But it will be interesting to see what takes place. I mean, uh, I think we will go back, but it, it'll be a new normal because, again, what is what is happening is this situation is revealing the hearts of men and women. It's revealing the hearts of people. And, um, you know, I, I was having a talk with a friend of mine, somebody that uh, A knows as well. You know, she's excellent in gardening. And so we're sitting there talking, and she's just schooling me on game. And... I was like, why do I need to know this if you know it? I was like, we should just we should just get together more. I, I really was just like, you know, we, we should just get together more. There, you shouldn't have to sit here and school me on this game, and I shouldn't have to know exactly what you know if we walk in community. And I was just spitting fast, because like, I've Correct. known her for years. I've known her for years and didn't know that she was into any of this to this particular depth. And so it was just revealing to me our lack of real relationship. I was like, we really don't have that good of a relationship, man, because I was like, if you know yeah. this stuff inside and out the way that you do, let's just kick it more. You know, want your family come over here, vice versa. And then, of course, obviously, you know, Aunt, Aunt Rona took care of all of that. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think. Uncle Ron Ron. <laughs> You know, somebody tweeted. He's somebody tweeted on Twitter the other day. He's like, "Y'all don't realize how serious black folk are about nicknames." He's like, "They got a whole pandemic down to just four letters." That Rona. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh well, man. Cer- certainly, um, certainly, I-, I would say what is going to occur is that you know, and the scripture even talks about it in Ecclesiastes. How um, you know, what else is there to life but to eat, drink, and be merry? And so uh, it's not like we were in a great place before this occurred. I mean, we were in a, as far as as far as uh, material, uh, the material state of man and this earth. Um, we had an overabundance of things. Uh, however, um, we were tearing each other apart and um, society was uh, killing itself and dying. And it still is. Don't get me wrong. It still is. And um, this is uh, this is a, a, a portion of that. Um, I, I, I do not necessarily think that, um, society is going to quote unquote, go back to what it was because it's always been itching further. It's been inching further and further and further, um, to, uh, police state and to ultimately, uh, uh, um, uh, crumbling. But, uh, I would say though, that, um, I, I, you know, I was out today and I'm seeing more and more people starting to wear masks and people are starting to catch on and starting to stylize their masks. I've been waiting for this. So that's how, you know, it's starting to become normalized. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you go now, granted, I haven't ever been to China, but um, from from everything that I can tell that, you know, these Chinese people have been and I don't care if it sounds racist, just whatever it's whatever. Just 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 go with me. These Chinese people have been rocking, um, rocking these uh, these um, <laughs> N95 masks yeah. and surgical masks ever since like what 04, 04 to the point where they've been. I you see people rocking it out here and be like, oh, you know, that's just a, that's just a Chinese thing, and it don't even really, it doesn't really hit you that you're going to be living in that. And and to so I think that like a lot of things with our government 
it gets introduced as quote unquote temporary and ends up being permanent. Um, I just can't, I think the piss is in the pool. I just cannot see how um, people are going to not, uh, uh, or, 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 or how this behavior is going to be reversed. I, I just can't, I just cannot, I cannot see that. Yeah, there's um, no, there's no putting this genie back in the bottle. I see what well, you're nah, saying. I, I don't, that I, if I don't human beings that. in uh-huh. this country have generally been complacent, yeah, 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 yeah. then, then so, after this, will we go back to complacency? Yes. Um, but what I, I'll say, yes, but I'll just say this, you know, our generation has not had a, a great war, which is, and I didn't make that up. I got that from Fight Club. There's a whole movie, Fight Club. Fight Club, Fight Club was, was the whole point about, um, angst, uh, human angst and how humans or particularly men, um, need, a, need a great work or else they turn on themselves. And so, um, you know, we've been, we've been bathing in what some would call luxury politics for the past, probably like <laughs> since your boy, uh, <laughs> was in the office and then he left, uh, we've been bathing in luxury politics uh, where you giving um, a shout out to old Barry? <laughs> yeah, you know we've been bathing in luxury politics that have been quite irrelevant. And um, uh, 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 um, when when thought all the way out, actually don't make any sense because they don't translate to a new generation. Um, we've been bathing in that for about seven or eight years, and so now that you know this biological warfare has taken uh, taken place. Um, hopefully what it will do, hopefully what it will do is cause, <laughs> dare I say, normal people or the majority to kind of, um, draw some more lines and, um, clean up shops, uh, clean up shop a bit more so that the dregs of our society don't have as much influence. You know, they'll always be there, but the social engineering, that stuff has got to go. And hopefully we can wake up more to that. So how do you all think this is like the impact is going to be different from this than like 9-11? Like from a community perspective, when we had 9-11, there was a lot more cohesiveness. There was a lot more people coming together. Some of the, you know, minor squabbles and things like that got put aside. You know, I think that um, church attendance, you know, shot up and people, you know, were looking for, you know, uh, spiritual connection and community and things like that. And then, you know, we can look at some of the years, uh, you know, (laughs) subsequent to 9-11 and to, to Ava's point, kind of maybe slipping back into a certain amount of complacency. So how do you think this would be different, I guess, given a certain amount of years before we're back into, you know, kind of business as usual. This parallel that you're, that you're um, talking about is, is a really good example. And what I noticed since 9-11 is just an extremely gradual, almost not noticeable, uh, uh, not regression, but, you know, return to life as usual, but it took a long time. I know even, a couple of years after 9-11, and I'm from New York, I would drive up there or, you know, and, and come and, and notice that that people are kinder to each other and uh, pace is a little slower and people regarded each other a little bit differently. But then before we knew it, it was back to normal. So, so yeah. if there's a physical recovery from this, it might be the same thing. Part of, I think, um, hopefully hopefully what we can get from this is uh that centralized 
sex, centralized communication will will not be as influential as it as it was hopefully um and by centralized communication i'm referring to our mainstream media outlets who have been poisoning us and trying to manipulate society into uh uh a fever pitch a variety of uh stupid things and basically uh non-productive activities hopefully i mean you're talking about now people are trying to learn how to cook I don't know if you've all seen these, some of these articles, like on the Washington Post, talking about millennials, like don't know how to cook and are trying to learn how to cook, like <laughs> trying to learn how to cook, like right now, like people over 30 learning how to make oatmeal. But, but again, that's the whole thing about just revealing the heart. Yeah, I, I saw that yeah. joint. Yeah, I, I saw that, what you're talking about. Yeah, they were like, yeah. yeah, we don't know how to make anything. We're going and buying groceries, but we don't know how to make nothing. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. really? You just thought about that? You're 35. Like, like what do yeah. you do? Yeah, what are I you mean, talking about? There, 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 there's, there's, I mean, just our, <laughs> we've grown, we, we have an entire generation of people that have developed, we've developed our minds focusing on things that are unreal and are fanciful and are, in, and are immaterial. And we've gotten high off of that. And we've think, we, we, we thought that, okay, like, uh, and, and a lot of people know, once you start to hit like 35 plus, you start to kind of, Hopefully you start to kind of make peace with certain things that you realize are not going to occur and not going to happen. You start to operate more in reality. But by then <laughs> your your youth is for the most part, not all the way, but for the most part already used up. So um I mean I, I hope that with this with this great He's calling you all a, old is what he's saying. You all know exactly what I'm saying. Old is a state of mind. Yeah, that's you, Avery. Uh, you I all know exactly. Speak for yourself. PYT, pretty young thing. Over oh, here. gosh. Here they go. Here they go. I understand. Ah. So the, 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 uh, <laughs> what hopefully, hopefully what is, what is occurring right now is that people can have more of a sense of appreciation of what is it they have. I mean, you have, I mean, this is Passover. Spiritually speaking, in many ways, this is akin to Passover, what's going on, like what was in Exodus and um, the Ruach passing over the doorposts of the Israelites in Mizraim. And um, the the it's in Exodus 12 for people that are listening can read up on that. But um, this is people complaining that, <laughs> hey, we want wealth income equality everybody wants to be a billionaire everybody we all want to be this and we want to be that and then you That's realize what income equality is when you it, 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 when you talk about uh, when you talk about a living a quote-unquote living wage when you talk about quote-unquote reparations when you talk about these things people don't quite understand they don't grasp how the monetary system works they don't get it so everybody's fighting <laughs> everybody's fighting for a plate on the titanic <laughs> and you don't realize it until you're drowning in water. Okay, <laughs> that's, gonna be, the that's the true equality. <laughs> now, speaking of the Titanic, I do want us to acknowledge that the reactions that we're having to the things going on aren't in a vacuum. Um, and I think that we shouldn't just say, well, why are these people being complacent or why are they, you know, fighting for scraps on the table, etc. We live in a superstructure. You know, some people don't like the term matrix, but we live in a society, a planned society that was constructed in such a way that if you live within it, there are ways that you'll end up going through your life. Um, that if, if, if these buildings and if this infrastructure and communication system cease to exist and you're in nature, you don't know what the heck to do. 
but it's not because the person just doesn't know you're born into this you're born into you know it. Yeah. and it's it's really important that we know how much we have been socialized and conditioned and then to make it a point to say if somebody ripped up all of this at once would i know how to live all right folks so you know we still live from the quarantine zone so and even in quarantine even in the phantom zone the saints are still out here acting crazy saints are tripping so we we talked a little bit about drive through church so you can go check out it's a couple articles um there's a church in tennessee <laughs> it's a church in tennessee i need uh, you to call these churches out I, I need you to call them out oh man okay oh boy okay uh, so, because if, if, it, if there's a drive-through church that needs that needs exposure because this is crazy but you gotta explain why what makes it crazy because the, the thing is we live in a we live in a society today is very emotional and okay. uh, we can't think Good can't point. think things critically so why what's wrong with that Okay, I mean, you got so, drive-throughs, you got cars. That's not creative ministry. What's up? Well, one thing that AJ loves to do <laughs> is talk about the um, etymological and linguistic oh, origin man. of the word church. Oh, you talking about me? So you, you Michelle, Doctor Doctor Michelle Dyson out this joint. <laughs> so Michelle is, Erica Dyson. So preaching. no, but to, good point. So for those of you who've heard me before, go through the etymology of the word church. It's not people sometimes conflate it with the with the ecclesia term of the new testament and they actually are not the same term i think for convenience a lot of christians like to conflate those two terms um but the word church comes from the germanic word kerk which actually meant a physical temple it was actually a germanic word um where germanic um peoples in antiquity would go and worship quote-unquote deities um so when we see a lot of what goes on in modern day church, um, it's more akin to a kerk than the ecclesia or the ecclesia, however you want to pronounce it, that is referenced in the, the New Testament. So uh, there's a couple of churches, um, the Church of the Redeemer in Nashville, since Eve wanted me to call them out, they're doing drive through communion. Um, <laughs> again, I'm just like, y'all can't hold yourselves over for... A couple of weeks. I Who's look touching at, the body and the blood? Who is touching the body and the blood that's going into the Exactly. Mouth? That's my point. You know, outside of the health risks, right? Let's forget the spiritual part for a minute. The health risk of doing a drive-through communion. Like, hey, go ahead, girl. Take this wafer out of my hands. Like, come on. What are we What are we doing here? So that, for me, was problematic. Um, there's another one that is uh, right up here in the DMVZ. Um, y'all can, and again, you guys can go search these articles out um, mm. in the USA Today, um, ones in the local Washington, D.C. newspapers. You can just go look them, go, go look them up. It's, it's just, you just got to stop. You get mad at something that's yeah. just not, you get mad at stuff that don't have nothing to do yeah. with the Bible. But you, okay. You, you just got to just sign. So there's an NPR article. There's a couple of different things. Oh, so. Tina, you about to say something? Yeah. So I just want to make sure, like, I'm understanding, like, the 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 angst that you all have. Because I've, I've certainly noted, you know, certain and various things with regard to the church to include continuing to congregate after, you know, wisdom was that you should not. So is that, like, the concern, like, they are doing these things that 
uh, the risk is far too high, like, and, and you shouldn't be doing these things. Is, is that like the, like it's unwise? Like, you know what? That's why we need to have people the... like Tina with us. See, because she's still so innocent. We're all so jaded. We're just like, ah. She's like, well, wait a minute, guys. What's... <laughs> and it's like, it's the intent of the heart. <laughs> I know, right? Well, come on. But in a, in a, in Tina, I, well, let's let's look at this other, the other one, and then I want to answer her question. So there was also a pastor in Tampa, Florida, uh, that was and an, an arrest warrant was issued for him earlier this week. Um, my man Rodney Howard Brown, um, he was still holding services like he is a mega church pastor. He was still hold and the police chief of Tampa. It was a press conference. He held a uh, he held a press conference and said we're issuing a warrant for this guy's arrest. Because the the dude had two services like back to back Sundays, mm. um, and, and uh, the the Hillsborough County Sheriff had a news conference this past Monday um, issuing a, a warrant for for this guy's arrest. So um, again, this is just saints are out here lunching. Now to Tina's question, I think it's twofold. I would say one, the health risk, obviously, um, to you know say we quote unquote. Um, we're living by faith and this, that, and the third, putting people's lives at risk. Um, I think it's foolish, um, mm-hmm. only because th- there's a there's a scripture that a lot of believers love to quote, um, where it says, "Whose report will you believe?" Right? Whenever something's going on, they say, "Well, whose report will you believe?" Well, if you read if you read that chapter exactly, if you read that chapter in context, if you keep going, it says, "To whom has the strong arm of the Lord been revealed?" The only way that I have a, another report to believe is if God has revealed something else to me. And like our friends down here at Liberty University has found out when they reopened the campus, he has now exposed hundreds of students to COVID-19 and they've been catching it. Um, when we do things again, I think this you know, links in a little bit to the community discussion we were just having. When we say things and we do things without an, an actual substance behind them, we end up looking stupid and we end up putting people in danger. Mm-hmm. Um, so the I only... think the, the, the health risk, I just want to be specific, the health risk and the spiritual implication. Um, if you're telling me that people that you have been quote unquote shepherding or quote unquote teaching or preaching to whatever cannot hold themselves for two weeks or three weeks or whatever without that fix then that speaks to what you've been doing what what exactly have you been doing if these people cannot hold themselves over without a fix i gotta go through and put myself in danger for a drive-through ministry or so to speak so go ahead i just think that a little bit of additional thought to what it means to be a part of a spiritual community would necessitate wanting safety over the collection plate or wanting safety over ritual or safety over tradition because the collection plate and the ritual and the tradition and even the coming together can resume but uh, if people are dead uh, then that might you know that might change what the, the norm that people want to return to so i think that when it comes to love that, you know, one, one of that part of the fruit of the spirit, um, I think love necessitates thinking about people's well-being when you're going to make a decision about what to do in these types of situations. 
Yeah. So, so I, I, I guess like uh, in distinguishing, and again, uh, this is the, cause I quickly did uh, look up the, you know, drive through church and I, I saw was, an article. You was planning on going in? You was planning on going? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was only after AJ mentioned, I was like, huh, I hadn't heard of that. I did hear about that pastor in Florida. But so, so I guess like in dividing into two ways, like one, um, you know, I did see like drive through church an article from like 2004 came up and it was specifically in context. I think I just did a quick look at it, but it was, um, but it was like a drive through confession, you know, like it, without getting into like the whole Catholic faith, some of the distinctions and things like that, it seemed like the, it was being made available to those that, um, for their own personal health reasons, they could not interact with a broader congregation. So they were making it available as a service, right? Um, in this particular case, like I do think, and and I have seen like a lot of the, you know, unwise wisdom, you all quoted one of the scriptures that people go to. Another one is like, you know, you can tread on the head of a snake and drink poison and you won't die. You know, it's just like, it, wait a second. Like, you know, nobody should be looking for opportunities to tread on the head of a snake nor to drink poison, right? Like, so if there is wisdom out there. So in terms of like congregating, um, you know, we are also supposed to, you know, obey the law of the land, right? Like, so some of this stuff, when some of those ordinances, uh, you know, came out, um, you know, even in the, you know, forsaking not the assembly of yourselves, we can assemble in a lot of different ways to include offline, right? Like, so that context I get. The drive through church, I guess, I'm still kind of wondering, I guess, with you all, like, why you don't think it is a creative way. Like, I, I do think, like, if, you know, if we are doing it within the bounds of wisdom, no more than 10, that, that's for the state, you know, like in, in different states, the numbers may be different. But, you know, like what, what do you all, like, uh, it seems like there is uh, perhaps a um, more insidious uh, motivation read into it versus we are staying within the bounds of the law and we are getting creative with how we meet. Uh, well, I, what, sure. Yeah. Allow me to bite your head off. Okay. So, <laughs> no, I'm just, to, to, to quote Shylin, no, I'm just playing. <laughs> Um, uh oh! No. Don't don't you dare bring down Shylin! Don't you dare do that! <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. So no, uh, 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 I I would say this. I am. It, for 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 me, it's not necessarily about like all the variety of things that people do. It's about um, not really understanding the times in which that we're in. That's my biggest. That, that that's my biggest hang up because I feel like when I talk with a lot of people, when not everybody, thank goodness, but a lot of people, a decent amount, um, when it comes to things of faith, it feels like I'm talking with people like they're in 2002 and like society is like what it was back then. And there is so many things that are occurring that are taking place. Like for example, um, I can't think of the address right now, but it is in the scriptures when um, uh, Yahusha or Jesus, he says that, you know, it was a, basically a time of peace, but now it's, it, it upcoming is going to be a time of war. It's going to be a time where um, you're going to sell your coat, you're going to sell your tunic, and you're going to buy a sword. And we want to live in a time where we want to wear tunics and everything's happy-go-lucky and we want to play patty cake and um we want to talk about what the the we want to quote unquote level up and um we want to increase our this and increase our that 
And it's like, there's going to come a time where increasing is going to mean you got, you got lentils to eat next week. Like that's going to be increase. Increase. We, people talk about the persecuted church. Like we not persecuted over here. Try walking around and really sharing the gospel. Try doing that right now. You'll be persecuted. <laughs> it happens. You know, it, but we, we think that it, it, there's this luxury and I get it because it, I get it to a degree because it, it, it it's, it's comfortable. It's this luxury of just going and kind of like exercising my faith on a Sunday. And then I can come back and live my life and do me and hop on Instagram and just, you know, like still be like the quote unquote cool Christian where I'm halfway in the world and I'm halfway in my faith and I can do all those things. And then, you know, that's life and that's not life. That was a season, but we're not in that season anymore. That season is dead. Like this is, this is, I mean, (laughs) it's a relationship between, between what you're saying and what, uh, what was being asked. I'm sorry. What? Oh, so what I'm saying is, is that people, the, the idea of the idea of like drive through church. Now, I mean, I can't tell you what the spirit of our heavenly father put on those specific individuals during that time. But what I can say from based on what I hear is that people are trying to find ways around the system. And I, I am, what I'm wondering is, well, what's being shared? What is being shared that is relevant to exactly what's going on right now? And what I mean by relevant, I'm not talking about Black Lives Matter. I'm not talking about say her name or any of that stuff. I'm talking about what is it that can be given to people for people to be able to increase their faith right now so they're not fearful when they go to bed at night and so that they can also help other people so that they can be the so that so that they can be able to work out their faith within their own sphere and with their own geographic location so they're not so dependent on having to travel all the way to you so you can break them off a little piece of bread just enough to get them through that that day and that week and they come back again dependent and still can't articulate what it is that they believe mm. so what's up for question is the effectiveness of the drive-through church why what, what, and what? i think that by by the i think the parallel to that is what's the effectiveness of the non-drive-through church yeah right what got them to that point and it's like people were so dependent on somebody else to educate us and we don't we we don't really understand the the godly order and um it's something that has been broken and something that has been misconstrued for before we got here um but so so in many ways we're just kind of like you know traveling it's, it's the, road the eva's point where we're, we're, we're born into that system it's, it's kind yeah, of we're what, born what into, right we're born into a particular system and i think we are in many ways unwilling we're unwilling especially if it's pointed out to us we're just unwilling to change you know sometimes you are you know people say that the devil i know is better than, than the devil i don't and sometimes we're just unwilling to step into the unknown um i find it you know i find it actually very you know my like my my heart was grieved i didn't want to ridicule like uh, initially i found it funny and i kind of snickered um all right, I didn't kind of snicker. I actually laughed out loud. You snickered you, you out loud. You, you was LOLing. Yeah, I was LOLing. Um, yeah. But, you know, after a while, when the laughter, you know, subsided, I actually did, you know, my, my heart did grieve a little bit. And I said, man, they they don't really have any other way to express their faith or the, to express congregating. Yeah. Or even yep. to you know sort of express um, something as vital as communion um, without 
driving up to have somebody else spoon fit. And you know what what it really had me to think, and I know we're running long, folks, but y'all in quarantine, so y'all can listen to this. Y'all ain't going nowhere. You're not going nowhere. Sit down and get you some ATI. Um, is we, we, and I say we because I still consider myself a part of the body of believers. You know, God, you know, Christ is coming back for, for the entire body, not just a couple people. And um, we have fostered an entire system of infants um, and that's where okay. we are you know it's like I because I, I have three children of three varying ages across the spectrum 14 11 and 5 and if I were to immediately be removed from this house right this second my 14 year old would be able to survive where my five year old probably would not we have fostered and you know we've fostered an environment for five year olds and so where I have to get the fix. Um, no shade to five-year-olds. Shout out to five-year-olds everywhere. Um, you know, where a five-year-old, ha- like my five-year-old, every couple of hours, she has to come and find one of us, either my wife or I. She'll just come out of the blue. Hey, what are you doing? Like, she needs to come and find us. She needs to get something from us just to talk, to reconnect. Where my 14-year-old, she does her thizzle. You know, she's like, hey, what's up? You know, she doesn't necessarily need our connection every single moment the way our five-year-old does. And I think that this situation speaks, again, the the seriousness of the situation, the quarantine, the virus, it is, again, revealing what exactly we've been doing. It's sort of exposing it and saying, hey, this is what you're really doing. You have been fostering children. You have been fostering <laughs> infants in the entire establishment. And so now that this, the quarantine's going on and all this stuff is, is going down, what you're seeing is people who cannot go two weeks. Again, this is not six years. I could actually see if this had been a really long time, you know, like let's say it had been like a year or two, and you're like, man, I ain't seen the Saints in a year. I could see you maybe trying to do something. I, you know, I could actually understand that. You know, because there are a couple families that my wife and I, we get together with monthly. And if it had been a year or two, I'd be like, man, I haven't seen them in a year. But we're talking two weeks, three weeks, and folks are like, uh, 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 and putting themselves in health risk. They're putting themselves in danger, and we can't go a couple of weeks. This is where it sort of falls into a this week in the news, you know, situation. So Because your issue is not the format. It's not the format or the form, the way that people come together. Right. And I think that speaks to Tina's question. Your issue is what it reveals. So it's the risk that people are taking because they are babes, essentially, that have only been given milk and don't have a greater understanding of what it means to come together, to commune to liken the fact that they could do it independently like they if they understood themselves as the church I guess ecclesia without just church to the dramatic form of the word that you mention then you think that they would not be so inclined to take such risks in this season in order to come together and independent I don't think independent is necessarily the word either, but what about on a household level? You know, what about, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, yeah, at some point you might. Right. Yeah, exactly. Because when I heard the word independent, I was like, well, I don't know about independent, but not centralized to that, to that degree. 
Yeah, okay. when I say um, when I say independent, I mean more interdependent. So if, if that's a yeah. better way to describe it. And so for folks, listen, we're we're, we're in disc two, so because we're 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 pushing into the second hour. So I thought we were in disc ten. I thought so, it was like Encyclopedia Britannica. Nah, Remember nah. them commercials? Yeah, we, we we haven't gotten there yet to the C like through CH. Like books lined up. C through CH and then CI yeah, C through D, CZ. Yeah. No, we yeah. haven't gotten there yet. So we're okay. we're in disc two because we're, we're we're kind of pushing into second hour. But I think Tina Tina brings up a lot of good questions, and I'm so I'm, I'm actually glad that she's on. I I think that um, to the to the extent that people are trained um, will re- reveal like it will be revealed in their actions. It will be revealed and you won't see that until times of seriousness um, mm-hmm. when, when things are calm and things are serene. You won't necessarily see what they're made of, you know, what sort of stuff they're, they're exactly. Made of. Um, and, and I think that true discipleship lends itself because um, again, I'm actually not against big meetings. The I mean, Acts chapter two says that there were times when they got together in the temple courts. That is, yeah. you know, that is signifying a large gathering. Um, there are times where a large gathering may be warranted. There's nothing right. wrong with that. Um, right. But true discipleship lends itself inherently to things not being centralized. You know, true, because once someone is truly discipled at some point, like in Acts, when they were in Antioch, God will say to the people, set aside for me this brother and this sister, set aside for me this family because they're going to go do something else. Hey, these folks are about to break away to go do this. Why? Because they've been fully discipled in a particular matter now that they can begin to put their hands to some things that the original group may not have necessarily been doing. And that is, that's the goal of true discipleship, not to keep you in a place or keep you tied to a particular INC or LLC. It is to eventually allow you and your family or you and your spouse or just you by yourself, if you're not married, to go out and do the thing in which you're called to do. And because you're interdependent, you're still connected to the people, even if you're not in that physical place, right? You're still co- all half the New Testament shows us interconnectability because yeah, well, Paul is writing letters to people that he ain't there with no more, but he's still yeah. connected. You know what I mean? There's also a Hebrew term called Mizpah, M-I-Z-P-A-H. Um, and Mizpah means connected in spirit. Mm, exactly. That's a good point. Really good point. That's what Paul says. I'm with you all in spirit just because I'm not physically there. Yeah. And then he even yeah. goes a step further to the groups in which he would send um, other brothers that he's walked with and fathered in the faith. He would say, listen, I'm going to send you Timothy. And if Timothy's with you, it's just as if I was with you. Like that's written. He says it in to, to the Corinthians. If you see Timothy, it's like seeing me. So I think, again, that speaks to the interconnected nature in which we should be living. And I think we would be we would make ourselves more crisis proof in times like this because we'd be able to pivot right maybe we have big meetings but then when things get gully we can pivot to this other model but right now we're sort of stuck we're sort of stuck in this one thing and now you know crisis is going on and we can't really pivot because no one is really prepared yeah you for you can't you can't pivot you know you have you have um a lot of people who are built up on the system losing their livelihoods basically off of this joint that nobody's really talking about that's the other thing that's the Um, other thing you know and you have you have people that literally have no skills uh outside of oratory Um, although oratory is a transferable skill and that's something that you know hopefully these pastors will recognize 
So um, they, <laughs> it's like they're in a bad way. And um, I can tell you as a man, the level of uh, um, incompetence that I'm sure many of these men are feeling and the fact that they can't provide for themselves and their families during this time. Um, it is, uh, I'm sure many of them are, in, I mean, anyway, anyway, there's a, there's a quote that I wanted to get that I wanted to uh, read. I thought it was relevant. Now, um, um, it's not from the Bible or anything like that. So I'm just letting you know right now. However, I like the quote, so I'm going to say it. And it's a quote, it says, um, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. When the student is truly ready, the teacher will disappear. Dang. And I didn't hear, I'd never heard the second part of that quote. Do you know yeah. who the origin, the originator of that? I mean, it's said is, to be, it's, it's said to come from Lao Tzu. Read, read, I, I, I don't read know. that again. Read that again, please. When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. When the student is truly ready, the teacher will disappear. So, and I, 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 I'm, I'm speaking on a, on a material level, um, that that kind of quote focuses on maturity. That's all it is that I'm trying to, um, uh, uh drive home is that it's going to be a point where many of us are going to have to be responsible for, you know, our faith. We can't, we can't lease it to someone else, you know, and there's going to have to be, there's going to come a time where 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 you can't carry the card anymore <laughs> so we're gonna have to be able to have it within us to recognize who's who and what's what you know yeah so, so I, I yeah anyway yeah like i i definitely um i definitely agree with that like on the maturity piece um but i i guess like i would still say that there's also yeah, like a, an element or a contingent that you know likes to come together because you like yes. being around the people that you like right yes. like they miss it like that yes. at the end of the day like you know maybe some people are uh appearing or you know taking these um you know coming to like the drive-through churches and stuff because they are spiritually immature because they have not you know, they don't have that maturity or that strength, you know, still going back to that initial, you know, uh, scripture around, you know, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small, you know, and so that strength can, you know, translate, you know, maybe even in a parallel to spiritual strength, right? Like if faith is, I think it's faith, faith is small. Um, um, no, I thought it was, um, it's probably a translation. Yeah. Maybe it's a translation. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I, I guess like I just, you know, it, it's certainly, um, you know, maybe the majority of the people are taking those risks because, you know, like they're not spiritually mature. But, you know, I just also say, you know, don't discount the the yeah. the people. I mean, especially when their primary community is church, right? Like those mm -hmm. are their friends. Like that's the, you know, that that's that's their social life, right? Like church is their social life. And and for some people, like it's also their family as well. Like some of their bloodline, you know, relatives or family just kind of with their spiritual decisions could have disowned them. You know, they're no longer connected. So, you know, maybe, maybe that is, you know, something that gets pointed out. Maybe you do need to have community beyond just your, you know, your spiritual family or church community, you know, in these times. Uh, but, but yeah, I guess just maybe not discount that particular yeah. motivation. For I actually you. know, yeah. I actually know yeah. someone, a, a, a couple of people who struggle with that, who will say like, man, if I feel like if I leave the quote unquote church, my family will sort of disown me. 
And so there are, you know, there are some, you know, familial lines that are also crossed there. So that that part I do get, which is why I'm not really against, quote unquote, church gatherings. I'm just more so in favor of us as believers being able to pivot when the season changes. I think that's the for me, that's the more concerning thing. Um, you know, because like I said, there are times when there are large gatherings. You, you see it in the Old and New Testament. But there are times where we need to be able to pivot when the season changes, which is why David kept the sons of Issachar around, because certain times and seasons, though they were a very small group, they would be able to give him insight into the times and seasons to be able to shift and pivot. And I think that in times like this, you know, it's it's just like I said, that's why I was so grieved, because many people just don't know what to do in order to pivot. And so we try to make the old ways fit into this new season. And it's like when people yeah. are still walking around with DVDs and you're like, what? Who watches DVDs? What are you doing? <laughs> like, you know, you remember when like DVDs were phased out, but churches were still selling DVDs on their website. Right. You're like, why are you selling DVDs? Still selling tapes. Yeah. Oh, why, yeah. why are you still selling tapes? Because they didn't really know how to pivot. They're just like, they're, they're, you know, they're still kind of like, yeah, we, we got these tapes for you. It's some good preaching. It's like, yeah, it's great preaching, but bruh, I don't have a DVD player anymore. And so I think we just, we have to be better equipped. And that's where the maturity piece comes in. We have to be better equipped to be able to pivot um, when the season changes. And, and I think in, in times like this, again, it reveals the the lack of equipping that we are doing you know we're, yeah. we're we're not i mean god calls people to be leaders and so i'm not negating any of that but i think the way in which we lead right will will signify whether or not if we are equipped to pivot when the season changes and sometimes that you know equipping may come from other sources like you know i love in the old testament when moses was leading israel a certain way and it wasn't until jethro comes and says hey bruh bruh right like bruh and you know so it wasn't like moses was seeking god and god told him no jethro came in and said bro the way that you're doing this is not healthy it's not wise i believe he says and it was from that council that moses shifted the way in which israel was structured right with judges and all of that so i think we need to be better equipped to say, hey, listen, we can have a big church, we can have a big gathering, because every once in a while we have a concert or a celebration, we may need the big building. But for the most part, say what? A convocation, which yeah. means big gathering. Oh, I see. He's, he's still on his Eric Dyson. Okay. Right. So we, you know, we. Yeah, we, we you don't stop calling me that. I'm trying to get insulted. <laughs> right. But there are going to be times when, you know, Things get, you know, things get gully out here in the streets. We might have to pivot. So we're going to do this in the event that this goes down. We're going to do this. But in that event, people going to need to be mature. People need to be equipped. People going to need to be able to do some different things. And that's where the my heart was grieved because it was clear that those people were not equipped or trained in that way. Which makes them, you know, fodder, you know, which, which which just makes them lambs led to the slaughter in a bad way. I know where the Bible calls us to be lambs to the slaughter and, you know, in the Christ way. But, you know, I think foolishly we can be lambs led to the slaughter because we're not equipped and trained by those whom, you know, are are uh, sort of ahead of us or sort of leading us in a particular direction. So it's just a little, you know, it's a little sad. It, it, it saddens me to a to a bit. That's all. Man. We have beat this horse, man. This horse is is begging for mercy. He is dead. I mean, he's dead. 
<laughs> so Tina, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank yeah, you for joining us. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we have enjoyed our time together in in the quarantine zone. Um, you may meet us here again. Who knows if you know if the various governors and uh, our federal government does not lift it, we'll be back here again doing more quarantine episodes. Um, so y'all know whether we're talking about community or churches or drive-through communions, y'all know we're gonna keep God in the mix. So we do thank y'all for rocking with us. And if you're on YouTube, don't forget to hit that like and subscribe button. Smash them, as the young people say. Smash the like and subscribe button. Um, but thank you again for. A and Eva and Tina. This is AJ Saint Peach. Peace. Peace.